Hello, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. And hello, everybody. Welcome to the paddock. Today, we have a recap episode for you, and we're going to be covering this past weekend in spa. On the episode, we have Meg, Drea, Leanne, myself, Chelsea, and I'm just going to jump in and start us off with a recap for Friday's practice. Now, it was, of course, a rainy practice this weekend for our drivers, but since we had a sprint race coming our way on Saturday, they only had one practice session to really jump into spa. Now, I believe all drivers started off with a full wet tire, except there might have been a few that opted out, but the rain was downpouring, so we had a lot of wait times happening, and most drivers honestly just decided to stay in the pits. We did see Logan crash, and he caused the red flag, but we finished the session with Carlos holding the fastest lap for the practice, and in the first position. After that, we had Oscar, and we had Lando following behind in the McLarens. This is also the first session where we got to see Mercedes with the new upgrades, which was a form for the side pod and the floor. So they ran the different rear wing configurations on both cars. But it was only one race and it was raining, so I feel like we couldn't really see what the changes were doing anyways. After that, we started quali with Max receiving a 5-grid penalty already for Sunday's beginning um, starting grid for the Belgian Grand Prix. And that was because he had a fifth gearbox assembly ahead of the qualifying. So if you didn't know, just to recap, drivers do have a limit on how many they can do that over a session. So they will be penalized for it. Lando also managed to pick up some floor damage in Q1 as he kind of spun out and went over the curb and into the gravel. But he managed to salvage it and thankfully not go into the wall while he spun out. And his mechanics are insane and incredible for fixing that floor enough for him to finish the session and make it through to Q2 and then Q3. Like, this isn't the first time his team has had to do that this year. So kudos to them for definitely being incredible and being able to like work quickly and get that car turned around. And Oscar also had an impressive performance throughout all of qualifying. Like... Although they had that high downforce car, that middle sector for honestly both of them, but mainly for Oscar, he was flying through sector two. But I am, as Lando's girly, curious to see where he would have finished if he didn't have the floor damage. Like, would he have been closer up to Oscar, even though they ended up finishing only a couple seconds off of each other? But I guess we'll see what happens with the sprint. I was scared for just a second that we might have like a little step back this weekend for McLaren because of the standing they had on Friday. But I also realized this is a wet quality and I would be driving cautiously too, especially with the history that Lando has in the track. So understandable. Yeah, I agree. It definitely, if it were me, I would be scared to kind of get back in the car after that huge crash that he had back in 2021. And I know this is, Oscar says this is like his favorite track so you kind of have two opposites going into the weekend but another scary moment was when Esteban and K-Mag both ended up going off of the track in the same spot of the track I believe it was turn 13 where they both kind of slipped off the edge and Esty like kissed the barrier but K-Mag kind of went into it but luckily there was not a lot of damage for either driver although Esteban was not able to put 
a time up in Q2 and get out of it because the damage was not able to be prepared in time. And also, poor Danny, because his car showed pace to be into at least Q2 up there with Yuki, but unfortunately, he exceeded track limits at turn 3, turn 4 on his last push lap, therefore his good lap time unfortunately got deleted. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed about that. I feel like those those white lines, man, they just get these drivers. They probably are not good at drawing in the lines. Other than that, though, we had Max in first place, although his finish ended up being demoted, so technically he finished in sixth, and that's going to be his starting grid position for Sunday. Now, because of that, Charles ended up taking pole position, shout out to the penalty, which we mentioned earlier. I think Ferrari did have a pretty good Friday, and it gave me some high hopes for the boys. We also got to witness Charles claim his 20th pole position for his career, and that ties in with Valtteri Bottas, who has the most poles for winning without a championship. That's the, that's the record Charles wants to break, I'm sure. Now for the sprint shootout, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I did not wake up for that. Okay, it was 5 a.m. my time, and it's just not happening on a Saturday. So I will let these two lovely ladies tell you all about it. Well, you, you missed a really drizzly morning for a Saturday, you know. We were also celebrating Alonzo's birthday in the garages, and we had a few delays for the start. Now, just a little reminder, um, when we're starting shootouts, they don't really need much time. They're pretty similar to quality. They're just a little bit shorter. So SQ1 will be like 12 minutes, SQ2 is 10, and SQ3 is 8 minutes. Speaking of sprint races, we have a thing on our TikTok called Mini Segment Tuesdays, where I kind of go over different things about F1, and one of our most recent segments was about the differences between a sprint race and a typical race. So you guys can go ahead and check that out. Pretty cool, if I, have, if I do say so myself. But anyways, back to the sprint shootout. Lance crashing out in SQ2 scared me just because of how hard he went into the barrier. And also just with the history of this track, I got a little scared when I saw that he was on the slicks already when he shouldn't have been on the slicks. So it just, it scared me. Like I said, my heart started beating a little bit faster, but this ultimately ended SQ2 and in turn did not allow some of the drivers like his teammate, Fernando Alonso, to set a faster time or a more representative time. I know race control, they never officially declared this a wet session. So the mandatory tire compounds, they were like still in play and that's why Stroll had to be on the mediums for SQ2. But I feel like that doesn't make sense because with the rain that had just been coming down on the track, it just would have been smarter to go ahead, declare it a wet session, and assume the rain was going to possibly come back. That that would have made sense to me. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think some of the drivers would also ha agree with you as well because I know some of them, like I know Oscar, just because I follow along the McLaren team radios during different sessions, he was saying to his engineer like i don't understand why they declared this a dry track it is still wet in multiple areas and just doesn't make sense and i know i understand like well i don't really understand but why lance and aston martin 
switched to the mediums just because they were trying to get ahead of everyone. And I guess they thought maybe it was dry enough, even though Lance said himself it is not dry enough for these. But who knows? It's over now, but I do feel bad for them. But speaking of Oscar, him qualifying P2 and missing out on pole position by like 11 tenths or 11 hundredths of a second, whatever it was, is absolutely insane for not only the McLaren for the weekend, just because it's not been doing great, but also just for him, since he's a freaking rookie. That man said, rookie, never heard of him. Never heard of that word. Because he's just... I, I love Oscar. I love my Lando, but Oscar is definitely... He's getting to my heart. And just seeing how he drives and how he handles different certain situations, like... Go him. And he's only just getting started. So I can't wait to see what, like, comes of him in the future. Like, I I think we're gonna see him winning races pretty soon and fighting for a World Drivers' Championship pretty soon. But speaking of Lando, shame he couldn't get up there as well since he was showing similar times, but he was unfortunately stuck behind some cars throughout his lap, which caused some dirty air, so he was not able to really improve on his time. But so happy for Oscar, and it was so well-deserved, especially after how he's been performing the last couple of weekends since. He should have been finishing on the podium in some of those races, but due to some strategy, that unfortunately didn't happen, but go Oscar. I do love seeing Oscar like go wild these past couple races, and I think we can all agree that we see him most likely in getting Rookie of the Year. Like At this point, that's his. He has my vote. He has my vote too. Oscar for Rookie of the Year. If they do another trophy thing... I think he's definitely winning, like, whenever they did Lando's year with George and Alex. Now, for the sprint race, which was a couple hours later, and I was awake for this one. I was awake, but (laughs) they had a rain delay, so I actually had time to go get my breakfast and come back. So they did a rolling start because they had the safety car go out there to make sure that the safety car could make it around the track itself while the callers follow it, make sure nobody gets stuck in the rain, no standing water where they're just like flooding the engine. So they did a rolling start and Oscar got in front of Max pretty quickly. I mean, he got overtaken again by Max, but that's still amazing for McLaren. And I absolutely love this for Oscar because since he led a lap, you know, in Formula One for the first time in his career, like that's amazing. And there is some argument about this on social media, but I think he's now considered the youngest rookie to lead a race in F1 since Esteban Gutierrez in 2013. The only argument is this wasn't during like a Grand Prix. So people are like, oh, it doesn't count. But I'm, I am now an Oscar and apologist. I'm giving it to him. They're giving out points. So I consider it part of the Grand Prix. It should count. And then after. Max overtakes. Checo and Lewis, they got in a little tiff. Lewis did end up with a penalty, but Checo had a hole in his car afterwards. And it looks like Mercedes and Red Bull still have beef because they can't be near each other without a Red Bull getting a hole in the side pod slash tassie. Think back to a few weeks ago whenever Max and George had the same situation, and it was pretty funny to watch Max kind of push George. 
Yeah, but I thought the penalty was like a little harsh, especially with the two driving points they added because he had a completely clean record before this. And then Mercedes isn't even going to argue it. With the FIA having to just decide things on the go very quickly because they already had some laps taken away from the rolling start behind the safety car and this race is super, super short... Logan also got a penalty pretty quickly for speeding in the pits. So Lewis is not the only one that got some points maybe deducted. And then it was Fernando's birthday and he had a DNF during the sprint race. And like, we need him on the podium again soon, please. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Seeing another incident from Aston Martin this weekend, not on my bingo card. That's a lot of money. But here we are. I am happy that like everything turned out okay for both of them. And, you know, they they were both good to drive on Sunday. But I feel like Spa really just isn't a joke. And even though Alonso like, admitted that he was too maybe close to Nico, and I think he hit a curb, which might have caused the gravel spin, Spa in general, there's always something. And I wish the FIA would just be a little bit more maybe careful about just taking those five to ten minutes and seeing if the rain's going to pass or, like, if the track can just dry up a little bit more you know who i think would be on your side pierre because pierre has probably written many petitions to get this track moved or somehow safer he was a wild card this whole sprint race though because he ended up getting third like he came out of nowhere go alpine because i don't know how y'all did it you like, haven't really been showing this pace and now all of a sudden you got it i hope you stay with it and Max got new guest stars on his mini podcast today. He welcomed Pierre Gasly, who also had a special event for his childhood friend, Antoine Hubert, who he passed away a couple years ago. If you haven't seen it, it's also in Chasing the Dream, which is on F1 TV and it follows F2. So he had an event for them where they did this. I forgot if it was like a race or a bike ride. He also included Dino, who passed away earlier this year in F2. And the other special guest that Max had was our Rookie of the Year, officially by us at least, Oscar Piastri. And I'm so happy Pierre had a safe race where he was still able to get P3 this weekend because I can't imagine how hard it must be to drive that every year and go past that same spot. But, you know, he did amazing. Especially with the recent news with their team principal, Otmar, and the sporting director, Alan, leaving the team after this race. I feel like there's going to be some changes coming and maybe this was a good sign. And of course, there's Oscar. Great race. But I loved his post-interview where he's speaking with the interview woman. And she's going like, how does it feel to be in this position? Like, you know, like podium. And he's like, he kind of looks around. He's like, well, um, I'm not... I'm not really sure how a sprint race works. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, happy to be up here. Happy to be. And I'm just happy he got to get in the Max podcast because the first thing Max did when Oscar got out of that car was Max Blaine. Goes up to him, let me explain this to you. And you see the big hand motions and the talking. And I think Oscar turned around too quickly and Max had more to say. But you know what? I think we'll see Oscar in the podcast again soon. That was the funniest thing whenever you see that video of Max. He just looks so like, oh no, my bestie, he's gone. And Oscar is just like, nope, I'm, I'm gone. But 
<laughs> Speaking of another Oscar interview, did you hear? <laughs> it was another post-race interview where a woman was asking him about the race and kind of like what it felt like and how he's kind of been managing to have this rookie season or something along those lines. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, I just raced in James Hunt's old McLaren at Goodwood. So, you know, big balls. I was like, oh my God, I was not expecting that to come out of Oscar Piastri's mouth, but it did. And it was kind of funny, but speaking more about Oscar and kind of the result that he had, one of my favorite things is seeing all of the drivers and their families together at the racetrack and just seeing how excited family members get for their guys. Like, seeing how excited Oscar's dad was when he not only qualified in the sprint shootout for P2, but when he finished in P2, it just made my heart so happy. And also seeing how Lando's family was there supporting not only Lando, but Oscar, and they were at the podium celebration. And just Lando with his family, also the pictures that came out of that, just so adorable. You can tell he's a mama's boy, just based on the picture his dad posted of him hugging his mom. And also, Papa Perez. I love seeing that man at the racetrack. His energy is just, ugh, I love that man. But another one was seeing Max's nephew in the Red Bull garage. He is literally a mini Max, even though he is not Max's kid at all. He just looks so much like Max. And I wonder if they will get him into karting one day and if he will become a champ like his Uncle Max. If somebody came and told me that they cloned Max, I would not be surprised. It would make so much sense with how much his nephew looks like him. Like, I, no questions would be asked, I think. It is wild. Anyways, for the race... <laughs> Crofty barely had time to say lights out and away we go before Oscar had damage on the first lap. We saw Oscar kind of drop through the rankings of people passing him until he finally DNF'd. They just did a safety car and got him out of the way, but it was a really quick one, so they didn't lose much time. I was so sad to see Oscar out in lap one. Literally, like what a come down to what would have been an amazing start for him. And then seeing him collide with carlos i was like dude really the two people that were in my predictions just out to each other they did it to each other at the start of the race and then carlos afterward should not be given twitter and like slightly blamed oscar and said i don't know if it was like a bit of a lack of experience a bit optimistic but again a racing incident that cost us a race now what Oscar did was he had tried going through like the inside and got too close and Carlos really didn't have much room because I think he had a lockup and then he got some damage on the side but while Carlos was able to keep going until like lap 23 Oscar had to retire because he had damage to the front wing and you know I don't want to be like a Carlos apologist but Oscar is a rookie like maybe he's not used to the speed of the car like I think Carlos said in the interviews, like most drivers know not to try that in that turn specifically, not to try and go in there. I don't know shit about that. Maybe he's wrong. Maybe all the other drivers are like, no, I do try and go there. But if he's not wrong and it's just Oscar making like a little rookie mistake, that just kind of sucks. 
Yeah, I think it's hard to, like, kind of put blame on anyone just because, like, Oscar, he didn't really have anywhere else to go because Carlos locked up before even going into the corner. So, like, it's not like he could have backed out and Lando was right on his tail. So, like, how awful must that have been for Lando to see, like, his two of his, like, best buds, like, collide? He probably was like, oh my god, this sucks. And also, Lewis was also right on the other side of Carlos, so Carlos had nowhere to go. So it was just a big, messy situation. And I'm gutted for, honestly, both of them. Just because they both deserve to have such a good weekend after the way they've been performing this weekend. And for both of them to ultimately DNF and not finish, it just broke my heart after literally turn one. Just seeing that. And with Oscar's damage, he also damaged, I, I don't know if it was the steering column, but he damaged something with the steering. So I saw a picture on Twitter afterwards. In order to go straight, he literally was holding his steering wheel at 90 degrees. So it was all, yeah, it was all messed up. So that's also why he went off later in the first lap. While all of that was happening, people who didn't see that stuff because they were in front of it all were Checo and Carlos. Checo quickly overtook Carlos from the get-go, and honestly, as a Ferrari girly, it was kind of disappointing. I just want Charles in front as a race leader, please. But it's okay. He's not the only one who got overtaken this whole race. Alex overtook Lando, but Alex was on soft, and it was pretty early on, so we'll give it to him. But I did not expect a Williams to overtake a McLaren, especially not this weekend. And if you had told me this at the beginning of the year, I would have been like, okay, makes sense. You know, it was a McTractor back then, but we thought the McTractor was gone. So what is happening? After that, Lando also got overtaken by Stroll and George. So three people pretty quickly. What What's going on? We need to look at it. Yuki, love Yuki. He wants to own a restaurant and I believe in him. He overtook Carlos. So Carlos probably still had some of that damage. And I don't think we're ever going to hear an Alphatari overtaking a Ferrari. But if we do hear it again, I hope that it's also with Danny. And maybe he can make up some points for later on in this season. As we mentioned before, Alex was doing amazing this race. He started 15th. He was 8th by lap 5. And he overtook Carlos to become 7th. And honestly, for Williams, that's amazing. There's hope for him to get points at this point of the race, but later on it got a little dicey when we introduced water to the track and things went a little wild. Like, their pit stops were all over the place. Lando had a 4.3 pit, but Danny had a 2.3 pit, and they put Lando on hards. So Lando's over here on hards with McLaren at a 4.3. Danny's over here with a 2.3 pit. Alphatari. Alphatari's been doing great this race. I was just about to say, I am so impressed with 2.3 seconds for Alpha's time. That's like something I expect from Red Bull. So maybe the changes aren't a bad thing right now. Maybe we just needed a little Danny magic in the paddocks. I think everyone can agree with that. And then we get to lap six. All this is literally happening so quickly. We're just barely at lap six. And Max is already third because he overtook Lewis. And he started in sixth. I mean, nobody doubted the Red Bull, but still, that's pretty quick. And the amount of pit stops that were happening for everybody because they were all on different tire strategies 
it was so hard to keep up with who's on what. Some of them were just changing tires and changed tires at one point. I was like, they their tires aren't even really running out. But this track is also hard to navigate. So I understand car safety. Some of them got pulled in really quick. And during all of that stuff, a couple laps later, Max again with a Red Bull. Honestly, at this point, it's a rocket. We're just going to straight up call it a rocket. He overtook Charles to be second. I think we should have had Alonzo make some predictions again to see what lap Max would be in first. Because at this point, he's passing everyone and nobody's really stopping him. And there wasn't rain yet. So this next part, if you watch the race, it looks like whenever you were playing that game as a kid in the Ansco race, the Ansco marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah. That's literally what it looked like during this quarter because Alex overtook Yuki, Esty overtook K-Mag, and Danny overtook Lando all in the same quarter, like right behind the other. They were in pairs. Speaking of Esty Bestie, I honestly have to give it up for both him and Pierre for managing to not DNF this race and stay in the whole entire race and for one of them to even score points. Like, and they both did manage to have some pretty great overtakes throughout the race, especially Esty at the end. He came out of nowhere and he was flying. He wanted to get into that top 10. Man said, I will do whatever it takes and I will fly. <laughs> He said, I am turbo, but I'm so happy that they both finally stayed in the race and they did not DNF, especially after, like Chelsea mentioned previously, all the stuff going on at Alpine recently. Go Esty and Pierre. Not to be left out, Haas? At one point, K-Mag had the fastest lap on mediums. He didn't get to keep it, keep that in mind, but still, that's pretty impressive for him to have had fastest lap at any point in this race when you have Red Bulls and all these other cars. And at Red Bull, they got some issues, but I think it's because of close proximity type situation because Max and JP need a break from each other. I think they're at the point when you spend too much time together with someone and them just breathing is on your nerves because JP served Max when Max was questioning something and said, Max, you follow my instruction. Yo, what was up with Max today? And the radio, I didn't get it. They were just so sassy and they were like back and forth and it was again and again. And I remember there was one and I was just like, okay. And he said to Max, I mean, not sure that was sensible. I'd ask you to use your head a bit more. And they were talking about the tires because I think maybe Max was just speeding too quickly on the first lap with them. But it's just, it's a little bit of a dramatic response. Maybe just be like, a, hey, Max, slow down, buddy. Yeah, Christian described them pre-race as an old married couple. And after him saying that, I'm like, they literally are an old married couple. The way they're arguing, I'm just like, good God. And I think, I think you're right. I think it was the tires because I think Max was like trying to increase the gap when he started to pull out. And they were like, dude, come on, be smart. Like, you're already leading the race. No need to destroy your tires. Yeah, he was leading the race by lap 17, and he started in sixth. So he's doing amazing. And he was making his way downtown, walking fast pretty quickly. In other news, though, Yuki did overtake Gasly, his old partner, his mentor, his big brother, to take sixth place in the rain. 
I honestly could not tell you or give you any solid reason as to how Lando managed to finish P7 given the setup of that car this weekend. And if I'm being completely honest, I was not expecting a points finish just because of the high downforce wet race setup and that big rear wing that they carried this weekend because of the wet race and they were expecting it to be wet. Surprise, it wasn't. But in typical Lando fashion, he managed to absolutely pull a miracle out of his ass and absolutely kill it. And I also got to give it up to the weather strategist at McLaren because they pitted him for soft tires right before the rain was about to come in. And so he was putting in solid laps as soon as he put those soft tires on and was just making overtakes. And also with the overtakes, none of them were done with DRS. He managed to do every single overtake in a corner. So... That's pretty impressive for the um, setup that they had this weekend. But go Lando. I'm glad that he and McLaren were able to get a points finish before summer break. And it's still somewhat of a good way to go out. And they finally broke 100 points as a team. So go them. And I think it's funny because Lando has 69 points in the Constructors' Championship right now. And I don't think Lando is going to want that to change. So, well, I mean, he will. He obviously won't more points, but like, <laughs> it's funny. I will say maybe Yuki's driving this weekend was just him trying to prove a point for his position with AlphaTauri because Danny kind of overdrove him last week. And I know there was an article that came out recently where they talked about like the first seat at Alpha and they were all like, yeah, no, it's obvious the first seat is Danny's. So maybe he's like, hey, you know, I'm not that shitty. Give me a chance. And we come to another race finish. Max is again. At this point, he's just trying to make sure his name is in the record book and nobody can beat him. Like, I don't. He's going for all this extra stuff. And it's like, bro, did you really need that other point? Did you really need to prove to them you can beat them by 30 seconds? No. But he wants to go down in the record books. I think he wants to overtake Joss's records if he had any. And Charles is on the podium, baby. Finally, Ferrari. I can go buy some F1 merch because I made a promise I wouldn't buy more merch until Ferrari is on a podium. Thank you. Like Drea said, another Max win by over 20 seconds over his own teammate. But I cannot deny that man's talent at this point and the utter and sheer speed of that car. Max is a new breed of f1 racer like he's a combination of schumacher lewis i don't even know and seb but he's just in his own world and he is definitely going to go down as one of the greats of this sport just for this season alone honestly but i was so happy to see checo and charles back on the podium since they have both honestly have had a pretty decent weekend and they both deserve it after some of their past weekends have kind of gone. So good job, Charles and Checo. And I know Charles said he kind of wanted to go out with good momentum for summer break. So I'm happy Charles got that good momentum. And we also saw Max get driver of the day. 
So it looks like he was a crowd favorite for this weekend. And I mean, I'm pretty sure it's one more win. And I think he also now surpasses Veto's record for, um, is it most wins in a row? So, I mean, seeing it's kind of crazy to think like we're seeing all these records get broken. And it's just this one dude and we're witnessing it every single race. There's a new record broken. So is it a fun time to watch F1? Maybe yeah, it is. Is it interesting? Not not as interesting. It is interesting that he's the one breaking all these records, doing all these things as a athlete who sweats real sweat. Whenever you go and watch his workout videos, he looks like the nerdiest nerd. Like he just looks so awkward when he posts those workout videos. And kind of talking more about final results and predictions. I honestly feel that this was a good way to kind of go into summer break for most, if not all, of the teams. I mean, some people had some downs today, but a lot of people had ups. And I feel like everyone kind of had a decent race today. And it was also a race where people could learn a lot from. So I think it's definitely a way to go out on, I don't know if it's a high, but... I think it's definitely a good way to go into break and there's things people can learn and improve over break. And as for me personally, I did not make predictions, but if I did, I would have said max for the win, which happened. And before the weekend happened, I would have said Lando and Oscar on the podium, but unfortunately that did not happen. One car didn't even finish the race due to what happened at turn one and also with Lando the car setup. But I also read that Max can now win the championship title at the Qatar GP sprint race. So now he can win it even further and even sooner ahead than we were expecting. So that'll be interesting. It was impressive, but it's not that surprising because I mean, considering the points he's at, Everyone's just kind of fighting for that second place championship. And like, you know, don't leave them guessing. Don't leave these people thinking they're going to get first with one race if we've already done the math and we know it's not even an option. Because I'm pretty sure the math's been done with the sprint races counted for too. But besides how the championship is going, it's been a good race. And considering the few accidents and slips we had this weekend, I'm just glad it all ended safely. Now, obviously, my prediction for first came true because I am a fortune teller, but also because I chose Max. Um, But sadly, I think I did jinx second and third because I chose Carlos and Oscar for second and third, and they were the two to DNF together. So maybe that's on me. But as a Ferrari fan, I'm really happy with the race, okay? We got to see Charles finish at P3. The baby deserved it, and I love seeing these red colors shine, and I love seeing him smile because lately he's been a little bit too depresso espresso for me. Not so depresso espresso though, that he's going to make another song. Not that I want him to be depressed, but I do need another song. Please, Charles. Thank you, if you take requests. I didn't have feelings about this race, really, because... I got distracted until Max's podcast and over the weekend, it was surprising for the sprint race. I'll say that I didn't make any predictions because they always turn out wrong and I always jinx them. So I'm not, but the sprint race did catch me off guard. I will say 
Didn't expect Oscar on podium. Didn't expect Pierre. Didn't expect the Alpine, more specifically, to be that high up. So let's see what they do now that they're getting new leadership. But I would also like whoever to um, whoever made that other meme of them at the podcast table with headphones whenever Lewis was on podium. If you could do that again, you'd be iconic. You'd be the greatest because we now need to make it a whole series for the rest of this season. They did make it for today's race. I saw it on Twitter. Someone has made it again. They have made the podcast meme with Charles, Checo, and Max. And it once again looks pretty freaking realistic like it looks like they're legitimately at a podcast studio with a table the mics the whole nine yards like it's incredible but i don't think anything will ever top the first one just because of the sheer like oh my god this is insane like wow and the drivers like oh my gosh but anyways now it is time for our pre-outro which we do every episode and for our pre-outro this episode we are going to do a moment of the weekend and the moment of this weekend is another broken trophy for max but this time no lando in sight lando had nothing to do with this it was all of red bull crew staff member person who knocked over the sign with max p1 checo p1 directly into max's trophy but i think this one is a little bit easier to fix so at least it's not as broken i guess and it's not as expensive but the cruise ship trophy did sink and it did go down for a hot second well everyone the summer break is here but not for us So keep coming back to us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to keep up with us on our socials. Everywhere we are at Paddock Girls Podcast, except on Twitter. There we are at Paddock Girls Pod. Let us know what you think will happen during the summer break. I'm thinking some Twitch streams and new music. I don't know. Thanks so much for joining us in the paddock. See you next time. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig.